welcome to the Stonelaw Church Podcast. I'm Neil Watson. And whether you are a regular worshipper with us, or whether you just listen to this podcast, I pray that the, the words of the message would be a real blessing to you, and that it would bring you closer to God as you experience more of the love of Jesus in your life. So as you can see up on the, the screen this week, we start a new sermon series that I've called The, the Prodigal Prophet. And we're going to look at the, the journey and the, the story of, of Jonah, and we'll do this for the next four weeks. Um, thankful to Tom for reading out an entire chapter. Um, of So for those of you that are on the, the, the reading list, you know what's coming. Uh, we're going to read a chapter a week. Um, and as we go through this story of Jonah, we'll see that there are a lot of different things that are that are happening, um, but there's one central thing that, that I want us to take away from it, um, a central message, and that is that we can ever outrun God, that, that God never leaves us and we can never run away from Him. And in my message in the, the, the weekly email, I spoke about how each of us have a, a, a different call on our life, that, that we're all called to uh, different things. We have different gifts and passions, and we need to ask God to reveal those things to us more and more, that they would become clearer and clearer, because I think it's the, it is one of the, the most amazing things for me, anyway, to get to see people stepping into the, the, the person and the call that God has put on their life. And the thing is, not everybody's called to a, a ministry of, of word and sacrament, uh, like me. Um, it's, and it certainly shouldn't be seen as the ultimate, uh, the ultimate call on anybody's life. It's just a, it's just a very different and distinct um, kind of ministry that, that people are called to. We have a tendency to, to maybe inflate certain ministries, um, and just because I I wear a particular thing around my neck doesn't make me any more special or, or anything. I'm special in God's eyes, but so are you. Um, but it's just a very distinct call of God. And each of us have that. Some find it quite easily. Some go through most of their life never really truly knowing what it is that God is calling them to. But we all have gifts and God wants us to use them for the kingdom. And... Some are called to deliver things in a very specific way. Um, you know, obviously mine is a very specific ministry. Each and every one of you will know what it is that you're passionate about, the thing that really gets you fired up, the, the gifts that God has given you. And I want you to, to really reflect on that. And I'd welcome a chat with you if it would be helpful. Because as I also said, I'll be your chief encourager. Because I love seeing people stepping into their calling. Believe me, it's, it's an amazing thing for me. And I would be more than happy to, to, to walk you through that. Let's go and see things that will help you to be equipped into whatever it is that you feel God is calling you to. I would welcome a, a, a chat about that. Because it is amazing. 
maybe you aren't all sure about what that would look like. And as I say, I do welcome that chat with you. And as we open up our, our passage, it starts with, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, saying... And that is a very expected way of a prophetic book opening up. The word of the Lord comes to someone and they are tasked with going and delivering it uh, to someone or a group of people. And these are very distinct people that are called to be prophets. It's a very standard way of God working and how he would deliver a message to his people. And he continues to do it to this day, where the word of the Lord comes to someone and they share it with a group of people. So it's not all that unexpected how this book opens up and the story of Jonah starts with the word of the Lord coming to him. But what is unexpected is Jonah's response to it. Because if we were to open up other prophetic books, we read of prophets going and doing the thing that God has asked them to do. They go and they deliver a message, however harsh or, or difficult it may well be. Uh, they go and they do it. Jonah, on the other hand, decides to do something different. He decides to go and do the exact opposite of what God is calling him to. He's told to go east to Nineveh. But he decides to go west to Tarshish. God says, go and travel on the land to Nineveh. So go inland. He decides he's going to go to Joppa and get a ship and go on, on sea. So he decides, I'm going to do everything opposite. Go to that great city of Nineveh. Jonah decides to go out into the sticks. Rather than to the great city. He's going to go to some wee harbour town uh, to, to try and run away from God. The thing is, Jonah is known as, as a, a disobedient prophet. And I prefer to refer to him as the prodigal prophet. He gets there in the end. But we know that when someone is referred to as a Jonah, it's usually that they're, they're not quite doing what they're, what they're supposed to be doing. But there must be a reason as to why Jonah felt he needed to disobey the, the word of the Lord that came to him. Well, unlike other prophets, he's told to go to this great city of Nineveh. And it is indeed a, a, a great city. It was the capital and a very influential city in the Assyrian Empire. I don't know if there are any budding or current uh, history buffs here in the congregation who know a lot about the Assyrian Empire. But throughout human history, we have seen amazing empires who are innovative, really amazing. If we think of the, the amazing inventions that have come through different empires. But empires have also been quite innovative when it comes to bad things too. Different forms of torture, for instance. We know that the, the Romans created a, 
quite brutal way of torture as we reflect on how our Lord Jesus was forced to the cross and the various things that happened to him before he even got to the cross. Well, here's something. The Assyrian Empire were the absolute best at that stuff, for want of a better phrase. They were the absolute best when it came to violence and torture. They were brutal. So you can imagine Jonah when he's being told, go to Nineveh. Tell them that God's not pleased with them, that they're really wicked. Am I the only one that's maybe heading down to Joppa rather than heading to, to Nineveh at that point? I can understand Jonah's reluctance to go as a Hebrew into this Assyrian empire and start telling them that, you know, God's not pleased with you. You're really wicked. I can imagine Jonah thinking, well, they'll, they'll probably say, yeah, but we'll show you how wicked we are. So it's understandable that, that Jonah didn't want to go. He was probably petrified. He also probably didn't believe in himself. Didn't believe that he could do what it is that God is calling him to. He didn't look at himself in the way that God looks down upon him. God would never have given him this task if he didn't think that he was able to do it. But how often do we turn away from the things that God is calling us to because we don't believe in ourselves? We don't believe that, that we have what it takes. We fail to see ourselves as God sees us. We might think that it's other people that receive these calls on their life to go and deliver these ministries that it's for younger people or it's for people with more experience or it's for this, that, and the next thing. We never see ourselves as God sees us. And even when God uses other people to highlight our gifts and our, our passions and our skills and looking to, to call those things out, we don't really listen to them because we're so stuck in believing what it is that we see of ourselves little old me. And I know that others saw the call in my life well before I did. Well before I did. We need to start seeing ourselves in the way that God sees us and accept those prompts that come from, from other people when God is using others to, to share with us and to encourage us. But back to Jonah. No doubt he, was, he would have been petrified, absolutely petrified. You know, how long would this Hebrew last in, in Nineveh? How safe would he be if he delivered the, the message that it says in here in the passage that he's to go and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me? How long would he last? It's going through Jonah's head. And who am I to go and deliver this thing? The thing is, you can't ever outrun God. One of my favorite films is a film called Evan Almighty. I don't know if anybody's seen that film, but I love it. Elizabeth's nodding her head. She knows that she's seen it because I've probably made her watch it numerous times. But it's one of my favorite films. I love it. 
It's about this guy, Evan, who is a newly installed congressman. And he travels to, to, to Washington, D.C. With, with his family. And they're in this new, um, this new beautiful house. And while he's there in this fancy new house, he gets tasked by God to build an ark. To build an ark. And it is a comedy, but there are very serious things that are in that film about looking after the planet and various other aspects of how we treat uh, one another in the, in the ecosystem. But no matter how hard Evan tries to get away from, from God in this, he doesn't want to do that, he just, just wants to be a congressman. He wants to build an ark and be mocked for it. I mean, Noah got mocked for it way back. You can imagine trying to build an ark in the, on the, in the suburbs of Washington, D.C. nowadays. There's all these funny things that happen. He's trying to shave and his beard won't disappear. You know, he shaves it off and then within two seconds it's back again. And, but my favorite scene is when he's in this car and he's trying to get away from God. He's trying to outrun God. And as he looks in the mirror, God is sitting in the back seat of his car. There was nobody there two seconds ago, but God is there in the back seat of the car. And then he looks back and he's gone. And he looks out the window and there's God standing out on the street, just walking by and kind of waving to Evan in his car. Then he looks over and there's a policeman who's stopping traffic and it's God. And the people that are crossing the road, God. God is everywhere. Evan cannot get rid of God, cannot outrun God. That's a reminder to us all. God is everywhere. We can never outrun God, no matter how hard we try. There are three distinct things from our passage that I want us to reflect on this morning. The first is that when we try and run away from God and His call on our life, it actually shows up a, a lack of faith and belief in being able to respond to God's plan for us. The second is that it's actually a pointless effort, absolutely pointless, a pointless effort. And the third one is that there's a very real and potential danger for us and for those around us when we try and move far away from what it is that God has called us to and to be. So the first thing is that we have this lack of trust in God's plan, that we don't place our faith and our belief strongly enough that God has our best interests at heart and that he believes in us. And we start to question God's plan. But that's not a new thing. It's not a, a 21st century thing that's entered into the church. We're not unique in that. God's people have been doing this from the very beginning. And if we think of the, the Israelite people who are being delivered from slavery, and into a promised land. They're being delivered out of Egypt, and they're happy for a little while, and then they start to panic, and they have this lack of faith and trust in God. They think, well, the, the Egyptians will catch us. We're doomed. And God delivers them through the sea, parts the waters to allow them to get through. They're happy again for a little while. They start complaining about being hungry and needing water. 
to the point where they even say they want to go back to Egypt to be slaves. That's how far away they are from being able to understand God's love for them and his protection and the fact that he's never away from them. They want to go back to Egypt rather than continue on to the promised land. They eventually get to the outskirts of the promised land. They're there. They can see it. God has told them it's theirs. Go and take it. They send out a few spies. Only two of them come back and say, yep, we can do this. God is with us. The rest of them are thinking, no, it's too hard. I don't think we can do it. They're too big. We're too wee. I don't think I can do it. Only two of them, Joshua and Caleb, they come back and say, yeah, we can do this. But they're hanging there for ages, waiting and waiting. Eventually, Joshua will go in and take the promised land. He never doubted God's, God's call and God's promise to them. Even back then, he knew that it would happen, we could do it. And eventually his time comes. But the question is, why, why do we stop? What is it that stops us from moving? You know, what is it that stops us from following through on God's call for us? One of the reasons is that it might be unpredictable. It might take us well out of our comfort zone. You know, for Jonah, he is being asked to, to very much get taken out of his comfort zone. The nice security of where he is to have to go to the Assyrian Empire. The very, and he's no idea how the response, he's built it up in his head of what, the, what will happen when he's there, but he doesn't know for sure. It's unpredictable uncomfortable and it's not always clear as to why God is asking us to do a particular thing or calling us to a particular person or people you know if you told me when I was like 19 or, or 20 that one day I would be standing here at 40 years old and, and preaching a, a sermon nearly every Sunday I probably would have laughed at you I wouldn't have believed you. In fact, probably a lot of people wouldn't have believed you. But here I am. And God put that call on my life to go and explore ministry and what that might look like. People saw that well before I did. I just didn't believe them. It came out of nowhere. It was, it was unpredictable. I was working on my career didn't particularly enjoy it too much, but I was decent at it. And I could see where I was going. But then the call of God was put on my life. And it caused me to stop. And I had to think, what is going on here? It's taking me out of my comfort zone. Financial loss, uh, a whole bunch of different things. We didn't know where we would end up. You know, what would, what would happen? You know, what would it look like? What would, I, what would I have to stop doing? What were the things that I had to take on a whole bunch of different questions that were going through my head and on top of that you might end up getting taken to another part of the country 
that you don't know all that well. I don't think I'd ever end up in a place called Rutherglen. In fact, as an East Coast boy, I never thought I'd come west, any further west than Livingston. But I give thanks every day for, for God calling me here. Because if, it's left, if it was left to me, I've restricted myself so much. And being open to God's call and responding to it has delivered me here to you wonderful people. And I give thanks for it. Because as unpredictable, as uncomfortable as it might be at times to do certain things, the one thing that, that remains is that we have a God who is faithful and a God who is true to his promises. He never, ever lets us down. And if God is always good and he's good all the time, then that would suggest that his plans for us his plans for us are always good. We might not always understand them, but they're always good for us, and we don't need to be afraid. We might not always understand why we're being led in a particular way or to a particular place. It might come as a bit of left field, but God wants to use us, and we need to learn from Him. We need to be open to being prompted. The second thing in our reading is that it is a reminder to us that, that it is absolutely pointless to try and outrun God. Jonah lasted minutes trying to outrun God. We can't ever run or hide from God. Jonah decides that's exactly what he's going to try and do, and he tries to do the exact opposite of what he's been asked. Instead of going east, he goes west. Jonah travels on sea rather than land. Even although we read in the passage when he's asked, who is your God? He says he is the God of land and sea. The one who created land and sea. So even although Jonah knows that his God, the God, has the power over land and sea, he still thinks that if he goes by sea, then he can outrun God. Surely he knew that God would be able to catch him. I don't know how fast he ran, but I don't think he ran all that fast. And I'm pretty sure God would be able to catch him anyway. But the thing is, we do tend to run away from these things that make us uncomfortable. It's like human nature. You know, everybody likes to, to have comfort. Especially if things are, the things we're being called to are, are maybe unclear. And it might be that we've got friends or family that we really struggle with and we think that it's probably easier if we just keep ourselves away from them, that somehow everything will get better if we're not part of it. But relationships are hard. They're always hard because we're people. And we're not always the easiest of people to get along with. And relationships are hard. And it takes hard work. But we sometimes think if we just keep ourselves away from it, then, you know, it'll maybe just magically get better. But we need to work at things. Our friendships, our families. It might be issues at work. It might be issues in the church. It might be that 
we've had a, a bad experience in church and it's caused us to, to take a, a, a sabbatical, take a, a break. And I'm not going back until X or I'm not going back until Y happens or doesn't happen. And we allow other people to get in the way of, of us being able to connect and worship God. That, that fundamental call on our lives to gather in fellowship and worship God. We need to make sure we don't allow other people and outside circumstances get in the way of that. Don't let other people ruin opportunities to, to gather and take up that call that God has put in your life. But the thing is, in doing that, we can sometimes get ourselves into bigger struggles because just as we see with Jonah, when we try and outrun God, we find ourselves in real danger, a real danger for Jonah. Of course, we might not necessarily see ourselves in a, in a, a literal storm, but St. Augustine it says that we have this, this God-shaped hole in our heart, that by design we have this, this, this thing that needs filled up. And it's like a jigsaw, and the perfect piece comes from God. And that can only ever be filled with our relationship with our Father in heaven. Restored by Jesus and his willingness to, to take on everything that we deserved by going to the cross. It's the only thing that can fill this hole. But we have a tendency to go the, the same as Jonah and go the opposite direction of where God is leading us to. We start to fill this hole with a whole bunch of different things that the world throws at us. Things that will make us more happy, will maybe become more affluent. A whole bunch of different things. But they never ever fit the same way as God intended it to through our relationship with him. We might be able to get through life for a little while um, filling our, ourselves with the stuff of the world, but it is only for a little while that when the storm comes, we aren't prepared for it. The storm comes and we find ourselves flapping. And we read in verse 4, that Jonah isn't on this boat by himself, it says, but the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and such a mighty storm came upon the sea that the ship threatened to break up. That's not only a danger to him, it's a danger to all of those that were on that boat with him. See, I've said it before, us not being the, the best version of ourselves doesn't just damage us, it has the potential to damage other people around us because we very rarely display the love of God to people when we're not being the best version of ourselves. Am I right or is it just me? We might lash out at people. We might get sarcastic with them and not in a funny way either. We start to blame others for, for things that we've failed to do or, or should have done. You know, how many times have we not been the best version of ourselves? 
and it's hurt other people. Jonah wasn't the only one on that boat, and he had the potential to hurt other people through his inability to follow through on God's call. And the thing is, it, it hurts God, it grieves him when even just one of his children are damaging themselves. God grieves when we hurt ourselves, even more so when we start to hurt other people around us. God wants to keep us away from danger. He wants to lead us into the light, the, the paths of, of righteousness. But ultimately, we can never run away from God. It's pointless. It's a race that, that none of us will ever win. God is everywhere. Everywhere we go, and he wants us to do something special together. He believed in Jonah, even when Jonah didn't believe in himself. And God believes in you and me, even when we don't believe in ourselves. God knew the enormity of what he was asking Jonah to do, but he believed wholeheartedly that Jonah was able to do it with his help. And that's the thing. He wasn't just going by himself. He was able to go and do the thing that God is calling him to because God would be with him. And we are also called to do these special things of God and with God. I don't know what they are. Only you and God know what that is. The gifts and the passions that he's given you. But I want you to pray for the strength to, and encouragement to, to explore this and to to find out what it is that God is calling you to. You know, maybe like Jonah, it is a, a phone call to someone that you've not spoken to for a while. It might be to have a, a discussion with someone. It might not be an easy discussion, just like the message that Jonah had to deliver to the Assyrians. But allow God to speak to you and go with you and be part of that conversation. And I want to close here there's so much so much more i could have unpacked here but but i want to close because i see a a wonderful mirroring of god's salvation plan in our reading this morning you see for the shape the ship to be saved one had to be sacrificed jonah recognized that so let's let's read here Then they said to him, what shall we do that the sea might quiet him down for us? For the sea was growing more and more tempestuous. He said to them, pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will quiet him down for you. For I know it is because of me that this great storm has come upon you. While Jesus didn't bring the storm that came upon us, Humankind managed to do that all by itself. For humankind to be saved, it required one to be sacrificed. Our Lord Jesus went to the cross on our behalf to secure our salvation. That all who believed in him would not perish but have eternal life. And we can make a decision this morning we can try to outrun God, try, do things our own way, 
and in our own strength. We can choose to, to ignore God's call on our life. Or we can give up control and give it back to God. Allow God to calm the waters in our life. Deliver us safely to the shore, which I'll speak about more next week. But just remember that we can never truly outrun God. Shall we pray? Let's pray. Father, we are sorry when we try to run away from you and your call in our lives. We thank you that you never leave us and that your love for us means that you never forsake us or put us into situations or ministry opportunities that are beyond us. Father, would you make your call clear to us, the plans that you have for us? Would you give us strength and wisdom and courage to follow through on the things that you're asking us to do? Give us the strength to never try and run away and always remind us that we can never run away from you. That you are everywhere. That you are with us till the very end. And we thank you for Jesus and his sacrifice that saves us from ever having to be apart from you. That no matter what we've done or said, your love for us continues. Father, would you hear our prayer and would you grant us strength for we ask it in the precious and mighty name of Jesus. Amen.